Good morning, everybody. First, want to uh, welcome and recognize uh, my good friend, Father Aquinas Gilbo. Father and I um, actually entered the seminary together in 1994. Uh, he was ordained in the year 2002 for the Diocese of Lafayette, but then went on to join the Dominicans. And so now he is in D.C., serving as prior of the Dominican House of Studies, and he's in town visiting his family, so he wanted to do some penance today, so he came to Mass to listen to me preach. All the readings uh, that we hear today, if we really focus on them, deal in some way, directly or indirectly, with vocation, with being called by God to a specific task. Here, we're going to look at it in the context of a call either the priesthood or to the religious and consecrated life. During my now nine years here at Our Lady of Wisdom, I've been very blessed to see a lot of young men and women uh, heed the Lord's call and follow to join monasteries, seminaries, uh, to pursue a potential vocation. And over the years, I've encountered some parents who have not necessarily been the happiest about this, some who have actually fought against it. But the truth is, a vast majority of parents have been extremely supportive and encouraging to their children when they express that they are pursuing or open to pursuing a priestly or religious vocation. And so as I was preparing for today's Mass, I prayed about and reflected on what would sort of maybe the main characteristic be of a family or parents that support and are enthusiastic about one of their children pursuing a vocation to the priesthood or religious life. And it was pretty clear to me that there is one characteristic that stands out in my mind uh, from the families that I know, many families that are very supportive of their children pursuing vocations. And that is clearly this. These parents are committed to generous Christian stewardship. Stewardship's a word that we hear a lot. What exactly does it mean? You can go online and find a number of different definitions, but basically, a person who is a good steward receives God's gifts graciously, uses them responsibly, shares them with others, particularly those who are in need, and returns them back to God. And they take care of creation. They take care of the material goods that have been given to them. One of the ways that we often hear stewardship described is the good steward is one who gives of their time, their talent, and their treasure. And so the ones, these parents that I've seen have been the most supportive of vocations are the ones who are good stewards. They give generously and regularly. They give joyfully to both the church and to the poor, many of them actually tithing 10%. They're involved in their parish and in their community and different civic organizations. They don't need to have to be asked to serve. They're looking for opportunities to serve and to give back. They're devoted to prayer and they realize that they're not perfect. 
they make mistakes, and they are in need of God's mercy. Why, though, would I say that this is so important to contributing to being supportive of a vocation in one of their children? And I think the obvious answer is this, is that the person or the persons who are good stewards with the gifts that have been given to them realize that their children are gifts. That the children that God has given to them, that these children do not belong to them. They are gifts from the good God, and that their charge is to take care of them, to provide for them, to watch them grow up, and then to give them back to God, indeed, if the Lord were to call them to the priesthood of religious life. Does it mean that it's an easy thing? Sometimes there indeed is a struggle, but these parents who are good stewards respect the freedom of their children whom they have formed. They're not selfish. They're not controlling. They are good stewards of the gifts that have been given to them. And I can tell you this because my experience bears this out from my own family life. I clearly remember the day back in January of 1994 that I went to my parents as they were preparing to go to bed and said, you know, I've discerned I'm going to enter the seminary. Neither of them were too surprised, but they both said, we're really happy for you and we are going to support you. And never once did they waver from that. And now 25 years that I've been in the seminary or priest, they have always been encouraging and supporting of everything that I do. But I realize this is possible because my parents' earliest memories that I have were good stewards. I remember as a kid, my dad sitting me down and teaching me three important words and three important numbers. Give, save, and spend. You gave 10%, you saved 20%, and you spent 70%. I learned this from the young age, as soon as I got an allowance. And it was repeated to me so that it became a habit. Truth is, I really didn't have much of a choice. So if I went and mowed the lawn and was going to get $10, I actually only saw $7 of it. $1 was automatically deposited in, uh, into the church collection, and $2 was automatically put into the bank account. But it built a habit of me in me of giving generously and consistently. Yesterday, or two days ago, I'm sorry, I was talking to Father Floyd Colley, who many of you may know is the, my pastor growing up, talking to him about this hobble, and he says, you probably don't remember, but when you were young, on Saturdays, your dad would bring you and your brother to the church to pull weeds from the gardens. I again sort of refresh that memory. We didn't have to do it. I certainly would have preferred to be around watching uh, Saturday morning cartoons. We didn't get paid for it, but this was giving back of our time to the church. And as a result, as I grew older, when I was a senior in high school, I, as a senior, taught catechism to little third graders. Now, I did it because my girlfriend was doing it, but then we broke up. <laughs> And I kept doing it. In fact, I kept doing it throughout my time in college. It was ingrained in me as a habit. 
something that I knew I had to do as a responsibility, but something that I wanted to do. And because of that, I honestly believe that this habit of stewardship that I grew up in from my parents enabled me to say yes to my vocation and also help them to support me when I decided to pursue it. And so the truth is this, we all know this, the church needs harvesters for the harvest. We need young men and women who are willing to say yes to the call, the priesthood, our religious life. And we also need parents who are not going to stand in the way but instead encourage and support these vocations. So what can you, as parents, as aunts and uncles, as grandparents, do to promote stewardship in order to be supportive of vocations, particularly the possibility one of your children would be called? Well, I, as usual, have three very concrete things. The first is this. And it's a word that's sort of been on my mind a lot lately, and I'm going to probably be talking about it a fair amount over the course of the coming months, is that if we're going to be good stewards, we've got to take ownership of our faith. Ownership. It belongs to us, and we need to be responsible and committed Christians, and that entails us being good stewards. With everything the Lord has given to us, it's not an option, A, nor is it something that we should only do when we feel like it or when it is an impulse. So I really like this article I read. I really like the speech. Let me go ahead and give. No, the person who takes ownership of their faith, stewardship is a way of life. You do it without thinking. It's like feeding your children. You don't just do it whenever you feel like it. Because you're a good steward, you provide for them. And by building up that habit, families who are supportive of vocations lead by example. I remember my dad, when he would do his bills on Saturday, would plan for the whole year and take 10% off the top. And now it's so easy to do. You can give to whatever charity you want on your parish online. We'd also schedule times to go and give back. We scheduled every Saturday or every other Saturday to go pick weeds at the church. As families, you can schedule to say, I am coming once a month with my kids to help clean up the church. And goodness knows we need that help. To go visit the nursing home, not once or twice, but every month making a commitment to be there for those people who can often be so lonely. When it comes to giving of our talents, to think and analyze what can I give back? Am I a good painter? Am I a handyman? Am I a good teacher? Am I good at singing? Am I good at clerical work? Whatever it is, and to go and not wait until you are asked, but to go and say I'd like to give five hours a month to this charity or to this church. This is what ownership of the faith and stewardship looks like. And it leads by example, when your kids see it, they will begin doing it too. Number two, and this may sound like one that's kind of crazy, but I think it's important, is that we as Christians and Catholics, 
families that do do this and are supportive of uh, vocations because of their stewardship resist the contraceptive mentality. What do I mean by that? We all know that the church is opposed to artificial means of contraception. We need to be open to life and open to the meaning of the body as gift, to not do things deliberately to frustrate the meaning of the act or the meaning of the body. But the church also teaches that there's a certain mentality that we can have, this contraceptive mentality. One that is potentially opposed to life, potentially opposed to the meaning of the body, but deeper than that is a desire to control to control outcomes, to control the body, to dominate creation, not to receive reality in children and their own life as a gift, but to see it as an object that can be manipulated and controlled. Now we as humans have been given dominion over creation and we need to exercise that, but recognizing as good stewards that it is a gift. The contraceptive mentality seeps in and forgets that life is a gift, forgets that children are a gift and wants to dominate and control, primarily out of fear, but that's something that can be looked at later. But ultimately what it does is we desire to control our lives and our fate. It breeds selfishness. It is my body. It is my life. These are my goods. It belongs to me and I can use them as I wish. And this is not just in families. We can also see to the priesthood too. The priest is tempted to have the contraceptive mentality, to say, I don't want to be generous in going and visiting the sick. I don't want to be total self-gift in hearing confessions. I want to live the life of a bachelor. This is the contraceptive mentality. The truth is, most of these families that are very, very supportive of vocations not only are opposed to contraceptives and open to life, but oppose the contraceptive mentality. And then third and finally, and probably the most important, we've got to practice gratitude. If all of life is a gift, if we are stewards of this gift, then guess what? We need to be thankful every day for the gift. Not just whenever we're overwhelmed by gratitude, but it's got to be a habitual commitment. Because when we are thankful, it transforms the heart. It creates a positive, joyful attitude. And so the commitment to giving thanks before meals, maybe at the end of the day, as an individual, as a family, doing that examine, thanking God for the blessings of the day, and being intentional in thanking others for what they have done or who they are to you. And again, I can always come back to the need for me as a priest to be thankful to parishioners, particularly the ones that are good stewards, who support the parish and the ministry, and who also in particular support vocations. I am very grateful for that. And so in conclusion, I want to tell a very brief story of a family that I know I believe to be very good and consistent stewards with all that the Lord has given to them. Their daughter recently discovered not only a vocation to religious life, but specifically a vocation to the cloistered life, 
to live behind the grills, and there's a real possibility that she may live this out in another country. So not only will they not be able to see and embrace her, but they will not have her close even in the United States. And this, of course, has been a real challenge for them. It's been a lot of struggling, learning to detach and let go. But they have responded to grace. But the real decisive moment, when they were really able to accept this great freedom, the time came for the young sister to tell her little sister, who's about eight years old, that she was going to be a cloistered nun. And this little girl kind of knows what this is. She's raised in a Catholic family and is tremendously generous, devout, and sweet. And they were very worried about what this young girl's reaction might be. But whenever she said, hey, I'm going to go be a sister behind uh, grills, and I'm going to possibly be in another country. I'm going to do it because Jesus is asking me. The little girl's response was so simple. Well, if that's what Jesus wants for you, and it makes you happy, then I'm happy also. She gave the phone to her mom and went out to play. Out of the mouth of babes. Yeah.